Welcome to another edition of Birds of a Feather. This is your girl, AJ, the Suburban Princess, deciding to vent again. Um, I was going to not podcast on this app anymore, but it seems to be just the only thing that promotes clear and I don't know. It's just an easy app to use. And I'm frustrated, as you can tell, because my opening's not even that great. But welcome for all those who were listening before and welcome back to those who are new uh, to Twitter as well as uh, Spotify because this usually gets broadcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all those other podcasts out there. So welcome to Birds of a Feather. This is a podcast where I choose as a female to vent what I see with my own eyes minus stats unless I really feel like being a little technical which I don't today because my eyes were sore. I did not expect the Eagles to beat the Vikings per se, but I expected them to give them a little wallop of this is why we won the Super Bowl type of matchup. But alas, the Vikings were prepared. They were fully staffed for the most part, and they only had maybe a quarter of the injuries that the Eagles have unfairly and unjustly suffered again early this season. Some of them are just temporary because we know that some of these guys will come back if not before or after the bye week, which couldn't come at a perfect time at a better time because we know Deshaun will return because he elected to not have surgery for his small ab tear and I think he's already taken it easy enough that I expect to see him in the end zone a couple more times in those uh later home games so it's just a shame that we could have used him today um because Alshon seemed to be the only person out there that even fought for a ball I don't know what's going on with Zach Ertz um he's lately been looking very lost looking like Ertz from two two or three seasons ago that seemed to be very very unsure of where he was supposed to be um Nelson got probably held several times down on the field and was never called. And I think the very last chance he had, a, he had a, a opportunity to even reach for the ball, he didn't do it because it was over his head. I would have still at least extended to at least look like I wanted to get that ball or at least be dramatic flop, you know, to make it seem like I could get the, you know, pass interference. But I, I don't know if the wide receivers are thinking too much or if Carson's just kind of going abandoned or off the off the grid because I think Carson's frustration was rightfully justified today because there were plenty of times that the Eagles could have put them away early in the third quarter. Um, they are becoming a second-half team, and it seems like this hasn't changed even when Nick Foles took over those last part of the season, that last part of the season. But the only difference now is Carson is fine, but now you wonder if the team is just not comfortable with him playing at full speed as opposed to having to make up for what he couldn't do last season. It's almost like they're not on the same page. And that's frustrating because it's week six going on week seven and they're about to have a bye week after uh, the third game. And I'm just annoyed because at this point, I don't think that even with the people that you have, that they should be this bad. Yeah, okay, Matt Collins is not exactly playing stellar, but there's no way in, in the world that he should not be getting any more balls than Nelly or Alshon. Um, Goddard dropped a, dropped a pass to whatever. It's not like he drops all the time, but it, Carson sometimes had to make decisions last minute because guys weren't open. And if that's the way it was going to look for the first two quarters, Carson should have just started throwing whatever. Eventually he did throw a, an interception, but it was kind of in garbage time and it didn't really matter. But 
yes, it was an interception. Um, he could have had actually three more because there were a couple that were dropped and a couple that hit the ground before the uh, Vikings player could get to it. But Vikings played him excellent today as far as defensive. Our defensive squad, I don't know what the hell was going on. I know Fletch got up there as much as he could. Um, and I definitely feel for Sidney Jones, but at this point, it's obvious homeboy has no confidence in his ability to get to... Um, the receivers that ran past him, like Diggs and Thielen, who obviously had stellar games, much, you know, much to be expected. Um, and even with the slow tight end, uh, that the, uh, I forgot his name, Adam something, but, um, either way they got, they got him going and that just showed you that there was no fear as to what the defense had out there. You know, Malcolm Jenkins caused a fumble. Um, Eagles didn't really do much with it, but at the same time, when they did score, um, it was more exciting, it seemed like, when they scored in the third quarter than the fourth, because you, you kind of already knew once it became 30 and then 38 to 20, um, the Eagles weren't getting back into it. And even though Wentz was on the sidelines trying to get everybody's head out of the gutter, um, I think the problem is it's obviously on coaching because you already know you, you have limited wide receivers, you have limited DBs. What can coaching do? Um, but at the same time, there were times that it just seemed like, why would you put uh, Sydney even out there? I, I know this was supposed to be his make it or break it game, but he's pretty much been breaking most of his year that he's had that he wasn't in rehab. So I think the decision has been made. I think Craig James, who is a former Viking also, should just play that slot as good as he can. Um, it's over for him, for Sydney. I think that Rasul was having issues, obviously. He couldn't keep up with Diggs. He couldn't keep up with anybody. And I think it was also because maybe he's missing Cravon or somebody in the middle that can kind of break up that uh, space that seemed to be given to Diggs and Thielen so easily today. Um, and then another receiver that got something deep that, that shouldn't have even been thrown, but he got it. Um, there was a lot of toe tapping going on with the wide receiver and the Vikings. It's just the Eagles pretty much did themselves in from the beginning of the game on. Um, regardless of Carson's hitches and things that people don't like about him as a, as a quarterback, I thought he played as good as he could with what he had. And he had to honestly do a lot more running than we probably would want him to do. In fact, he probably could have ran for a lot more to get the last touchdown, but, you know, he relied on uh, his boys to finally get through. And, you know, Alshon and him are always on the same page, even when it seems like that you know, the ball never gets out of Carson's hand in time, but they seem to just have that chemistry. Now, the problem now is now Hertz and Wentz are not on the same page. So something's going on there. Um, and Goddard is good, but I think that they're putting Goddard in positions where they're either getting him confused with, with Zach or maybe they should be having Goddard and Miles Sanders out in space so that they can be the receivers. Um, but I know Goddard's supposed to be mostly blocking, so maybe that's why he's always kind of lost in the shuffle. But Ertz is definitely not himself, and I think whatever's in his head or whatever he's used to um, being thrown ball-wise, he should just get over it and just be open and know exactly where he's at every time. That was always his Achilles heel. That's always what had people clowning him from day one. And I admit that sometimes he does hold on to the ball to the point where he can't even get any additional yardage. And, you know, I understand those, those jokes and stuff on social media and what people have said, but he also had crazy stats the year prior so I don't understand how you can just disappear regardless of whether the other tight end gets snaps you should still be the guy with the hands no matter where you are um that shouldn't bother you um yeah there were tons of missed calls left and right but if it's not the home turf you're not going to get those calls and 
you know, we, everyone knows how many pass, uh, pass interference calls were missed today. There were a lot of holding calls that were missed today, but I have a feeling everybody was holding and they could only find certain calls that were blatant. Um, you know, Carson felt like I'm sure that Nelly got cheated at least one possible touchdown. And then Alshon probably could have had another one, but he, he was already at the edge of, uh, he was already out on the sidelines by the time he even got a couple yards after he caught it. And I think that was just timing because Carson was trying to make sure he was ahead of his defender before he threw it because he didn't want to throw a pick. Now, mind you, he could have just hurled it and just let Alshon go for it. But I think Carson is just a stickler for making sure he, he sees his receiver clean. And sometimes, I guess, in hindsight, when he does take a chance, it ends up in an interception, hence the reason why I think he holds onto the ball. So I think what fans always blame him for holding on the ball too long before he gets sacked or whatever is simply because if you see what he's looking downfield and you don't see any white shirts, who the hell is he going to throw to, you know? And I think I got tired of hearing that the more and more I saw today because I thought if he has nobody reliable down the field, it's almost just like his rookie, you no, know, the year after his rookie year, especially in that game in Detroit where you knew there was no one to throw to, but he was trying to get it up there, you know, and, and there's just nobody there. Um, sometimes just the ball got in front of Nelly and he just wasn't there. Um, and I don't know why Nelly looked back to think he was going to get a flag every time because once they didn't call it that first blatant one, he should have ran harder. <laughs> you know, he's fast. He, he practices every week. Um, you can just always tell when the team becomes mentally beat because they start just, you know, not thinking through catches or, or plays or moves and it's just blatant. Now, the two shining stars on offense had to be obviously... Uh, Miles Sanders, who seems to be mis being misused again, but when they did figure it out, he was better out in space and in the end zone. Jordan Howard, they're still not using him the way they should be as, as often as they should. I think Doug is obsessed with feeling like if he uses him play after play after play that he's going to get tired or he thinks that the defense is going to figure it out and he's not going to get any yards. Or he just is obsessed with mixing it up all the time because he doesn't like, you know, using the same things. I don't know. But whatever it is, he needs to stop it and be more consistent. I would consent, I would run that same <laughs> running back for at least a quarter straight, you know, whatever. If you don't feel like you're reliable on Carson's wide receivers to get open, maybe only throw after you get that definite first down. And then you throw for a play or two and then go back to running. But what he does is he switches players, and I think he's starting to see that Miles is not good up the middle. Sometimes Howard isn't either, but I'd rather go with Howard when it does open. And then <laughs> the person that always annoys me every year, and I still don't know why they brought him back, Jason Peters. OG or not, his ass doesn't need to be on the field anymore. Because I said, as soon as the season started, if he came out once or twice, I was done because that throws out the continuity of the line and that is the problem because maybe that interfered with how Howard was not finding the hole and maybe that's why Doug doesn't like to use him a lot because they feel like he doesn't find it fast enough now Miles same thing Miles is slower when it go when it comes to going up to the you know trying to break and find a hole so I think that they think they use him because he's smaller no you just don't have the running backs Darren is hurt Corey is hurt I don't really even think Corey's hurt. I think they're just not using him because they wanted to uh, get Boston Scott for a punt kick, kick return or whatever. And he's just tiny. He's tinier than Corey and Darren. So they just seem to have a lot of issues that I think people even saw in preseason were saying that, you know, we have old guys. Why are we bringing back old faces? And I'm thinking, well, because they probably can't see themselves 
starting new positions with certain people if they don't have the continuity they they want. Now, what I'm starting to realize is that fans are starting to be a little smarter than the coaching staff. I don't think Jim Schwartz will be back next year. I think they need to find another D coordinator. I think his his uh, not understanding his D line when it comes to when to blitz and when not is frustrating as hell. Um, yes, part of that is the players, but obviously you got to put them in position where you know whether they're good at doing this after you know a, a number of snaps or not. No, no matter what competition they've had, they really haven't had much competition up until this game. This was going to be the game that was going to kick off this season. And now, once again, us fans are sitting there going, we don't know who this team is yet. And that are, there's a reason why. There's no steady roster. There was always somebody taken out, taken in, subbed, you know, injured, you know, early. I mean, this is a 16-season game. So if you're telling me they can go from now to, like, winning, like, 10 straight... I'll be very happy. I still don't see a problem with 12 and four or 11 and five still. Um, but our division seems to always kind of work in our favor that if we don't do the job, somebody does it or they do worse than us. And so then we have like this mercy and grace all over our team for some reason, but you want to feel like you earned it, you know, and I want my team to win the NFL, NFC East convincingly. Granted, it's not going to mean anything until you win the conference, but I feel like the Eagles will always be the NFC East winners, but until they get their act together, it's always going to go to the Cowboys by default because the other two game uh, teams are never contenders or haven't been since mid 2000s. So that's why it's, it's kind of unfair that the Eagles seem to always be in their own way. You know, anybody they've lost to this season so far has not been because the team was good. It was just because they allowed them to look better than what they're capable of. I mean, Stafford is great, but Stafford can burn out. And they had three major plays and that had to uh, once again come down to a wide receiver not catching the ball that determined the whole game. Last year, the trend was the defense would conk out in the fourth quarter and lose a game. Now it seems like the offense is a liability. Now what I'm starting to see also is the coaching because there are certain things that I think Doug sees that just don't exist on this team. You don't have the same players. You cannot run those stupid screen trick plays just to burn a play because you can't think on your feet. At one point, I got happy because at one point, Carson did the kill kill. And I thought that meant, oh, good. He's calling his own plays. This is great. Now I can't even tell the difference because toward the end of that game, I'm like, okay, did that really help? But even if it does, if they don't complete a whole series after he does it or they fumble or Zach drops a ball at a very important first down, what is the point of Carson calling his own spot? You know, so he can't do anything about it. He can only do but so much, but he also has to consider his health. So he has to save his body as well as just trust that something is going to break. Now, they got as close as 20 to 24 in the third quarter. And I thought for sure, okay, all they need is a pick six or they need some kind of a magic. And then when it did come, they still didn't seem to capitalize high enough to even take the lead. And so the fact that they never led at any time during this game was a sign that they were going to lose. But I was trying to be positive, but I kind of felt by the third quarter, this is how this is going to end. But... Stupid things have happened in, in the last minutes of the game that couldn't have happened today because they were already down 18 points. So there was no way they were going to come back. But I'm not one of these people to say this season is a wash, but the next couple games to me will determine whether or not they can come back at all after uh, the bye week because 
there are just some games they don't need to lose at this point in their division. They need to be ahead of, the, of Dallas as much as possible, even if it's by a half a game or one game. Because Dallas has times where they wake up. I mean, today they could end up beating the Jets, but right now it doesn't look like they're giving the Jets much competition. But if they do come back and win, you know, that's a given, you know, um, they can end up uh, four and two and will be three and three. And then it'll just look ridiculous if for some weird reason the Eagles lose the next couple games just just because then Dallas is going to win the division again. And that's what you don't want to see because it's something that they're used to doing now. And I always think it's just weird to see them uh, win the division because they don't, to me, deserve it. But it comes down to every given Sunday. And this is one of the Sundays that as a fan, you scratch your head and say, why don't they just listen to us? (laughs) You know, I feel like I I still have a thing in me that I I just wish I could actually be in the media room post-game or during the week and just ask the questions that all of us fans say on Twitter that no one in the media is going to think to ask because they have to stay within certain standards. I feel like as a fan, you have every right to be a little (sighs) crass or even forthcoming with your questions because the reality is we're, you know, most of us are paying customers. Um, We don't want to come to home games if we see you guys giving up mid game. Um, And it just seemed like the defense just wasn't there when it came to pass the four the four guy front um I I feel like Fletch has always given it um I don't know why everyone's still coming down on Barnett I'm also not watching every single issue on on defense but I just know that half of those reasons why uh Kirk Cousins knew to go where Sydney was is because he wasn't a threat um Diggs knew where to go when he had the ball um he knew that Anyone below him, once he had the ball above them, was no threat. Even when Craig James was subbed out for Sydney, um, I think he had better coverage than Sydney did because I don't think Sydney could even get up to the player fast enough. And I just don't think he has any confidence in himself. And that's where you get defeated. And I think that's what Doug is going to have to just talk to him about and say, look, I'm a forgiving person. I'm not going to let you slide into you know this depression or this I'm gonna suck for the rest of the year thing you either want it or you don't we drafted you for a reason and you were hurt then because we had that much faith in you that you could come back and I think with Sydney he's decided that I just can't keep up with these NFL dudes I'm more of a college player and that's it now mind you the XFL is coming back so I do think someone suggesting it on Twitter was right I do think Sydney might just be an XFL XFL arena league type of player I don't think he he can deal with the full field I don't think he can deal with players that are ridiculously trained and just know how to run their routes correctly now mind you the Eagles meltdown today wasn't the worst loss I mean it always feels like every time we lose we say as fans it's the worst loss ever but it's every loss sucks every loss against a team that we know that Eagles can beat that we actually lose to is always a result of the Eagles you know, biting off more than they can chew. Um, going into this game, I think a lot of us kind of saw an L already, but we kind of wanted to be surprised knowing that they could come back from their usual first quarter slow starts. Um, I'm even now in this camp where I'm starting to think maybe they shouldn't defer so much. Maybe they should actually take the ball and start just to see what happens. Um, I just think there's certain things that the coaches are just sticking by and being stubborn about that need to change. Because I think if you start becoming predictable, which 
they are totally in the danger of doing, if not already. Um, every team is going to find your soft spot and they're going to, they're going to expose it. And it's not going to get any better because they're going to know your adjustments as well, too. Um, because once you put out what you're doing wrong and you switch it, they're just going to switch their people and they're going to know exactly where you're going. So if you can't outsmart the other coaching staff on the other side, then you might as well not even compete because they've already got your number. And the worst thing about being a fan is when you can see how much effort is really being put into every play by the way it's executed. And I don't care how much Doug can say certain plays weren't executed. Doug called dumb plays today. And the whole trying to, you know, do a trick instead of kicking the ball with Jake and him thinking he could throw and then waiting for someone to get in front of, like that whole play was messed up from jump. And the fact that Doug always does dumb plays like that at weird times, it's almost like back to his first year where we were like, this is why we didn't want him. Da -da -da -da. Now, he is, an, an, a, he is a Super Bowl winning coach, but he also had a different staff. And I'm starting to think that maybe those Frank Reich things are coming back again. You know, the accusations that without Frank as a buffer, I think some of his stupid plays come out a lot more because maybe Mike Groh is afraid to stand up to Doug and just say, no, I don't think we should do that. I think we should just kick it and just wait till the second half to start playing around. And, you know, that game went the way it was. Now you kind of see that Maybe Doug Ostrom should contemplate mixing in Boston Scott with Josh Howard if he's going to mix in, you know, running backs for the running plays and just let Miles just be another wide receiver because there's no point in having Mac and Nelly out there if every time they're given the ball opportunity, they can't reach it or they can't make it. And which I find extremely crazy because sometimes that can be on Carson, but a majority of the time I felt like it's always on them. You know, I do feel like even if Carson had thrown over Nelly's head, he's done some crazy reaches. He's done some crazy jumps to get a ball. Why he's not doing them now, I don't know. So I don't know if Nelly stopped believing in Carson or if Carson's starting to see where Nelly's limited or maybe they both don't believe in a call or the, the calls that are played. So I, I don't know. But as a fan, it's annoying because you kind of start feeling like the these organizations don't take our opinion seriously. And now with social media where everybody can see everything, it's, you know, coming coming at organizations on Twitter may be annoying and pointless as a fan, but you do it because you feel like the more people see it, the more people will realize the general consensus is you need to figure it out. You know, the Phillies are now in a managerial search that Gabe Kapler's finally been fired, but Gabe Kapler wasn't the only problem. It was really the GM. And because the owner didn't want to totally admit he failed, he kept the general manager who got the manager. So now you worry if the season's even going to be worth watching next year if they kept the general manager who doesn't seem to know what kind of a manager to work with. And now the fact that it took that long since the season ended, uh, a lot of Phillies fans are feeling skeptical about even buying season tickets now because now you don't know if this new management organizational staff for an office are capable of making good decisions. And there are so many obvious uh, vacancies that could go their way, but you wonder if they're going to even bother knowing that some of this front office is still intact. Knowing that you have Middleton, who seems like he visibly didn't know what to say in the press conference and just seems unnerved by being questioned for delaying so long, whereas most people feel like, you know, that decision is obviously made within 24 hours of the loss. And he just felt like, no, it's not fair. I think I deserve a thorough investigation. And 
<laughs> radio shows and bloggers alike all felt like that ladies and gentlemen is why the Phillies probably won't sniff a championship at least for a couple of years and look Bryce signed a 13-year contract so if if it takes by his fifth year here to finally see you know a baseball championship with the with the Phillies so be it but I don't know if you're gonna have a a following by then you know a lot of people tune out when they feel like they know where it's going you know meanwhile the the Flyers caught a two-game fire and they lost last night but you know the Flyers may replace that Phillies love for a while if they start you know consistently showing uh some kind of gumption but the Flyers according to most of the fans kind of doomed too because they have that same stagnant issues in the front office I mean they've made some changes but is it really going to be changes, you know, if some of the same players are there and, you know, only the coach change, but maybe the front office GM is still going to adapt to the same things. Like you just don't know when change actually is beneficial to your team. And as a fan, it's hard because your patience is tried and you have to just go off on faith. But, you know, the sports radio talk shows can talk their butts off about, you know, the ineptitude of an organization, but it won't change in 24 hours just because. Um, social media is more for all of us to just vent, you know, our nine to fivers, hard work and blue collar people who save money to buy tickets, but it doesn't make the tickets go down. It doesn't make parking, uh, you know, charges any less. It just basically gives us a reason to complain and that's it. And sometimes I wonder if maybe it's time for some of these organizations to actually consider fan um, opinions. Now, mind you, they say Middleton might have felt pressured by uh, fan feedback about firing Gabe and maybe that's the only reason why he truly buckled, but I don't know. I just really think the guy is not that quick of a thinker and I just think he just wanted to make sure he had enough evidence to make it not seem that he was worried about public opinion. But <laughs> all you have to do is say that Cape Gapler's back, Cape Gabe Kapler was back, and you know already season ticket sales will go down and people would only come for single uh, single game tickets instead. And you know, I don't think any promotion would really sell the, the fans, especially when they know that the Eagle season is still going on and the Sixers are about to start in a couple weeks. So it's really hard to kind of keep your fan base engaged when you don't seem to fully invest in knowing or caring whether or not our opinion is valid. Um, you know, you can have these games in sports without an audience, but is it really fun? You know, is it really worth talking about? So fans make fans make it worthwhile for your, your product and your brand to be uh engaging and worth worth the price so you know I just wonder if some of these organizations try to seem like they have control of everything and then they really don't and I think it shows with how many times that the Eagles have gotten it right and wrong in the past years and that maybe the Super Bowl in 2018 was our only shot of a complete team and we're gonna have to wait for another three to four years before we have another which I highly doubt but I mean, I just feel bad for Carson because I feel like he wanted everything to change like pronto as soon as he got behind uh, under center. And I think now he's kind of doubting whether or not he has to do a little more on his end as far as speaking up. Because as a player, he's doing what he can do. You know, he's trying to put the ball where it needs to be. And if your players sometimes catch it, is that really your fault? <laughs> 
anyway, I don't know what to feel. I mean, I do feel like I'm excited now that there's something else to focus on, like the Sixers game at six, even though it's preseason, because it looks like this team is going to be very exciting to watch. There's a lot of new names and new faces. So that might be something we're talking about on my next blog or podcast, should I say. Um, in the meantime, don't worry, fans. Dallas is coming up. And depending on how this Jets-Dallas game goes, I'm either worried or intrigued at the same time as to how the next Dallas game will be. I mean, they will be in Dallas, so the Eagles aren't home for another two weeks. So once they come home tonight, I'm sure they're probably already in their heads going, we can't be doing the same crap with Dallas because they're going to capitalize just as much as the Vikings just did today. And it's going to get old. So hallelujah for Carson showing some emotion today. I'm glad that he finally got in some player's face when that one time he got sacked. And then I liked seeing him throw his helmet again because he did that last time when he was in New Orleans when that game was so horrible because he's not used to losing. And I think that if anything, it'll show him that you can't always be the good guy all the time. Sometimes you just gotta just cuss people out or just F this, F that, even if you don't curse, whatever. The point is, I'm sure he knows that it's time to, it's time to be aggressive, you know, in terms of his team. And it's not just play calling. They need to be aggressive in other areas. They need to uh, be on the same page. And I think the coaches need to be totally on accord when it comes to these next two weeks. Because I don't want them coming home being uh, one and three. I want them to come home being two and one. How about you? Give me a shout out on Twitter if you feel girly virgo 78 um if you want to give me a shout out or i think you can leave even a message on these things on anchor if you go through anchor or spotify feel free aj jones birds of a feather thanks for listening keep your heads up guys there's another week coming i'm already over it talk to y'all soon take care